Yeah, so it was, the idea came to us in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we did the pitch event, like Brian mentioned, in Fremantle and you know, won some money there. And obviously working in FIFO and you know, being focused on wanting to start a business, we, we had some money behind us mm-hmm. um, of our personal funds. And then we just started, I guess. But um, you know, we got some early traction mm-hmm. and the business really started to take off. And so you know, we needed more than six days off to run the business. Yeah, and so the right. business was sort of pushing its way into our work day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because um, we, we ran the business for one year while we were still fire Right. So it didn't, you know, any time we weren't at uh, the mine, mm. we were working on life cycle. Welcome to this week's episode of Fit for FIFO. And this week we have Julian and Ryan who used to work in FIFO and now run Life Cycle. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for coming on. Cheers, guys. Uh, firstly, we'll just let you guys know you can find us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes. Uh, where can our listeners find you guys? All of the above, except Spotify. Yeah, we're not putting out any music yet, but okay. Lifecycle, L-I-F-E-C-Y-K-E-L, Instagram, Facebook, our website, but you can just Google search Lifecycle Mushroom, then we'll come up. Cool, cool. Um, we'll dig a bit deeper into um, what Lifecycle is a bit later on the show, though. Um, firstly, let's talk about... Uh, your experience in FIFO and your story? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, right. definitely. Well, I mean, it's like four years ago, we, we started the journey in FIFO. Jules and I were playing footy together, actually, and Jules was, was a year into FIFO before me. Yep. Both very passionate about health, and um, Julian was working as a health and wellness officer for Rio Tinto okay. in Parabadu in Western Australia. Right. And um, the opportunity came up to get a back-to-back going on an eight and six roster, 12-hour sure. days, and... Um, I was I was working in um, community development in Western Australia in Perth, mm-hmm. just really passionate to jump into something more health focused. And Jules um, contacted me and said, "Hey, I've got this huge opportunity coming up to join the team." And yeah. I was just so thankful for the opportunity to join. And yeah, um, yeah working with guys um, to improve sleep, nutrition, exercise was very challenging. Yeah, sure. um, but you know, jo- joining and learning the ropes to the start with. Jules was a really um, huge opportunity. Right, nice. Yeah. And Helen, so you were in it for 12 months before Ryan Yeah, I came over from similar to Ryan. It's sort of one of those things where these sort of opportunities come up and mm-hmm. um, at that time you know, mining was just sort of booming and so they can get enough people into different roles. And so um, I guess you know, referrals were important as well so they had people that they can trust and, mm. and things. So I was working in uh, England at the time as a physio and then uh, similar, my friend was moving roles um, and just set off interview for this and, and so that interview process and yeah. Um, yeah, got the role, which was great because, like Ryan said, it was health uh, in that mining sector around mental health, physical health, rehabilitation. So, mm-hmm. very passionate about that. Sure. Was this um, like, was the health and wellness thing like really starting to ramp up in a big way at that time? Or? Mm. It was. It's yeah. new to mine sites um, in the sense of, you know, if we look at the Wild West of. <laughs> Of mining over the last 30, 40 years, and many mm. industries, construction and things, you know, it's um, different sort of philosophies. But now, when you're working 12 hour shifts, when you're working night shifts, when you're away from home, mm-hmm. your health and well being is what can get you through. Sure, you know, sure. So it's very important, and I guess the, the companies were realizing that in some capacity. Yeah, sure, sure. So I, I suppose a lot of the stuff you guys were learning at, like, so were the companies at the time, like, there's a lot of yeah, areas. Yeah, pretty. So. Um, 
now we have a lot of freedom to design the programs and stuff, which oh, is wow. good. Mm. That's pretty cool. So it was a dream it. job. Yeah, Eight days on, six days off. Okay. Opportunity to work on our own endeavours um, when we're in Perth for six days, a fortnight, yeah. whilst just being full on into um, you know, the health and wellness when yeah. we're up there. And it was very, re- very rewarding. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. And what uh, challenges do you guys find about working in FIFO? Um, we did enjoy the role. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess we sort of, um, yeah, we're, we're passionate about that and we're getting a lot of wins mm-hmm. in the sense of, you know, seeing people uh, improve their health, you know, over a three-month period quite dramatically, whether it was losing weight or lowering their blood sugar or just, you know, coming out of, I guess, a, a mental lull in terms of, you know, depressive thoughts and things. So mm-hmm. we're getting a lot of positive results, which yep. was always, always great, um, you know. Going into mining from other roles is, you know, it's very interesting learning all the, the health and safety and, you know, what you can do and what you can't do and how it's very regimented because of the, the safety nature of the work and stuff. Right. That's just a new language that you're learning. Yeah. You know, going into mining versus sure, other sure. companies. But um, the challenges, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the 4.30 a.m. wake up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Getting up for those uh, fly-out days. Yeah. Stuff. And also... You know, at times, you know, the day before, you know, I think everyone in mining is like, oh, shit, I don't want to go back up there and things. Yeah. We didn't have a lot of that because I think we made the most, the key is to plan out your days off, mm-hmm. you know, make sure you get the most out of it. Yep. Which can be challenging mm-hmm. um, when, you know, if you've got friends and family that are working and you don't get to spend a lot of time with them and just, you don't cross over. Yeah, sure. But on the whole, I think we made the most of those six days off. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah we definitely look back at it, you know. With good memories. Mm. I think the challenges mainly came, or for me, you know, two years in, mm-hmm. when it started to become, you started to realise more separation from friendships that you'd previously made and like, but when you're, when you're first starting, you're just thrilled to be there and you're yeah. thrilled to like be in an increased wage and mm. all these new things. So there was, there was very few challenges to begin with, but then it, it came more h- harder as time went on. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, but um, I think we, we really did make the most of it. We're very, very um, thankful for the roster that we had and the position mm-hmm. that we were working in a field that we were passionate about. Yeah. Um, when we said we were miners, people would often think, oh, like we'd be digging dirt and um, things like that. And people that know Julian and I know that that's not our, uh, you know, we're the last people to be in the garden and sure. uh, digging the holes and stuff. But yeah. um, no, so we were, it worked out well for us. Yeah, yeah, sure. I think you touched on a pretty important um, point with working in Fife. I think. Um, you got to work so much harder to maintain those connections with like friends and family, don't mm-hmm. you? you don't, and you don't realise, and it almost sneaks up on you. It's like after working in it for a year or two, all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, this. I haven't spoken that. Yeah, I haven't spoken that for, yeah. for a while, and it's like, yeah. 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 And then you start playing footy for the local team, mm. or like these kind of things that were previously part of your your life yep. fade out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so working in your particular role, um, what were some of the observations that you um, picked up on? Uh, around surrounding uh, physical and mental health? Mm. I think it was, you know, the guys that were flourishing up there, Mm -hmm. um, you know, doing really well, were at least aware of it. It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean becoming a gym junkie. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean having a regimented diet. Mm -hmm. Um, But they had tactics that worked for them, you know, which may have been, you know, walking before shift, walking after shift, speaking to loved ones on the phone regularly, making those connections. Yeah. Because when we talk about health, we just think, oh, are you going to the gym and, you know, what are you eating? But, yeah. you know, are you connecting with family? Are you connecting with other co-workers? All of those things as well. Sure. So people that were flourishing mm-hmm. um, stood out 
because they had goals mm-hmm. on their days off. They mapped out their days off very well, um, and they were, yeah, you know, I guess, active in their planning for physical health, mental health. I think, they, I think they had a three to five year plan. Right. You know, it was like I'm doing this is my exit strategy for mining, or yep. this is my strategy to have a family mm-hmm. whilst I am mining, or to become residential and bring the family up to the to the area where yep. I'm working and 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 stop flying in and out. Mm. All those things, and if they had a plan, it generally meant they felt really good about the present time, yeah, and they sure. weren't digging themselves into a into a dark journey of, of the unknown, yeah, so to speak. Yeah. And some people you'd say to like, "What's the go?" And like, they're kind of like, oh, "I don't really know. I'm just working, and that's you know, mm-hmm. taking one week at a time." Yep. And I think that really worked detrimentally, detrimental mm-hmm. yeah. to those guys. Yeah. So, sure. were you guys encouraged to help? Um, like create these guys a plan or help them motivate mm. them or inspire yeah, setting presentations and, sure. and that's actually like I mean when we started we didn't know what we were going to do exactly we just knew it was great for the time being yeah. you know 8 and 6 roster good wage something we are passionate about but then we you know we, we always knew we were going to go into business mm. and so I guess if you know people listening are thinking oh well I don't know what I want to do either mm-hmm. that's okay as well Yeah, you just got to work through that sure. and just um, start thinking about it Definitely. otherwise 3, 4 years don't pass by and you're still there, um, and you haven't sort of, you know, on, on your path. Yeah. Yeah, I think something um, that I often think about is um, important to consider is having also having some sort of plan, whether it be just financial targets um, or time limit. If, if this is what you're doing, like construction, some people have lifestyle rosters like you boys, mm. and, um, you know, you can sort of plan to do it forever. But if it's something you only want to do temporarily, the importance of, of having that plan um, because once you get into it and you start earning more money, mm. the goalposts move, you know, mm. and mm. like what used to be a large significant amount of money for you has now changed because mm. you used to earn more. So it's, mm. and then it's like, it just keeps getting pushed back further and further. You know, like, I mean, so many conversations I had with guys that, um, had no money in their bank account mm-hmm. and they were earning three times the amount they used to make, but they had also increased their mortgage. They'd bought a boat. You know, there was no, they were treating their family to more gifts because they were away from home, so they were making up for it with the money and stuff. Yeah. And it became a trap. Yes. And that was sad, really sad to see that the way some guys got, were, were trapped by the position. Sure, yeah. 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 And that happens in everyday life as well, where, you know, if you're a lawyer or a doctor or whatever you do mm. in the cities, you mm. also get trapped to that lifestyle. That's true. And they're equally as unhappy. Mm. So we think of mental health a lot to do with FIFA, but there's a lot of mental health issues in, in you know, the legal system and other Definitely. professions. Dentistry is one of the highest. Yep. And that, they're all well-earning professions. Mm. So it's not about the money that's bringing that happiness. Exactly. Mm. So it's just something, I guess, to, to have perspective on as well. Sure, sure, mm. yeah. yeah. And, um, and what tips or ways of encouraging people to um, like sort of avoid these sort of traps would you guys have? Yeah. Um, well, I, well, I know we both did, but I personally spent a lot of time when I was up on site and in my journey of mining is doing a lot of self-development mm-hmm. and like reading a lot of books about goal setting, mental health, values and like just becoming a good person so then mm-hmm. I could stick true to my values and I know that what am I measuring myself upon each year yep. and am I staying true to that and then if it turns out that the values were changing or if I was acting out of my values then there was a problem. Yeah. Um, so sure. yeah, a lot, there's always a lot of time to read on a flight when yeah, you're definitely. flying regularly and all that kind of thing. So a lot of um, time spent in that space was definitely. was vital. And that's probably another good reason to stay in close contact with family and friends because they're, they're there sort of to keep you accountable in a sense as well. They can sort of pick mm-hmm. up on any big changes like you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's probably just having that clear plan as well and not 
uh, you know, I guess being seduced by, again, that money coming in and that lifestyle mm. that you can have overnight, mm-hmm. that instant gratification you can have overnight. Yeah. And then actually what, you know, you're not paying in dollars for that, you're paying in time. That's exactly in right. In the sense of, okay, if I buy that boat, what does that mean? It means I've got to stay here to repay that boat. Yeah, <laughs> sure. You know, or that bigger house versus do I need that extra room, that extra this and that versus I could get out of FIFO one or two years earlier. Exactly. Or something like that. So it's just doing that math based on going in with a very clear set of what you want to achieve from it mm. um, and using it as, as an amazing you know, opportunity. If you look you know, globally as the opportunity you have to work in mining and to earn such high amount of money in a short period of time yep. can be great, yep. um, which can catapult you into the next thing you wish to do. Yeah, definitely. Or you may want to stay up for you know, a longer period of time, that's fine as well. But sure. Just don't be seduced. Because I worked in, in the Premier League previous, in the English Premier League, where... Right. Players were earning fifty thousand pound a week, hundred thousand pound a week, and so I saw straight away that money doesn't equate to happiness because sure. most of the team were on antidepressants. Yeah, you know, exactly. so yeah. that was I guess I was lucky to see that to be able to go okay, that doesn't equate. Yeah, versus the story we're told mm-hmm. in the media or social media that you know I've got money, I'm happy. Yeah, and so that I guess made it very clear that you know, money was just a tool. Yep, and I'm going to use mining as a tool to help achieve some money to then do what we're passionate about. Sure. But um, yeah, just having that plan and not being uh, skewed by that instant gratification Definitely. through buying yeah. things that then cost our time later. Yeah, which yeah, it's, it's very common, isn't it? Like yeah. so many mates with all the latest Harley or jet ski or something. Yeah. It's pretty common. Yeah. yeah, it's it's funny on that note as well. Like Julie and I did have the conversation when we start when Jules first approached me. Mm-hmm. We did have conversations around our business endeavors and what our intentions were through the journey. Mm-hmm. So we had from the start an intention to formulate a business and whether that started in one year, 10 years, we didn't know. Yep. But we both knew that we would support each other to work on ourselves individually as people, but mm-hmm. also on our business um, endeavors as well. Sure. So I guess that was always in our back of our mind. Yep. Didn't know what time frame and all that kind of thing, but we were striving to do a great job so we could be effective on our time off. Yeah. Um, and grow through the journey. Sure. Yeah, making the most of your time. Like Ryan said, you've got planes up and back. Yeah. You've got crib room time, downtime, where you're, you know, you're waiting for shift swap or whatever it may be. Or, mm. you know, after you go back to your donger in the evening, there's a good block of time there. You yeah. know, one, two, three hours where you can really maximize, which is a huge opportunity compared to if you're back home, mm. where you're stuck in traffic, where you've got to do your shopping, your food, you've just got to do the day-to-day stuff. Yeah. So yeah. FIFO or mining is amazing because you don't have that, just that admin time yeah. after hours. Exactly, yeah. You, you become know, highly Your food's cooked yeah. for you and this and everything's close. You're not sitting in traffic. Yep. Wearing the same uniform, don't have to choose what you're yeah. wearing. You get up, yeah. get away. Yeah. Um, and it is an acceptance of the time that you spent was on a time of focus and narrowed focus yep. rather than being getting back to the dorm and watching TV or something that you could have been doing in another life, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, sure. And did you, you boys were saying that you were talking about um, the future when you got into it, that it was clear that you wanted to get into business. Did you have a much of an idea of what business it was or was that, was that just like, no, we'll, just, we'll get there, eventually we'll sort that out? Or? We both had personal endeavours going on at the time mm-hmm. that we del- were delving in yep. and we didn't know whether it was those endeavours or whatever it may be but we, we knew that we wanted to live life on our own terms yep. and we wanted to develop something that we were pushing with our own values and sharing with the world so the details were to come but yeah. we, um, you know, Jules kindly 
um, gave me the opportunity to join him up there right. with that in mind that we would support each other to get something going and oh, awesome. whether that be together or separate we didn't know either. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Sure, sure. And that, that's an important note, like even if you're not sure exactly what it is you want in the future, like you can still be working towards something that might, you know, you might cross the path of someone and and an opportunity comes up. Yeah. So, I mean, you yeah. could be want to be an amazing musician and be a, an amazing guitarist and mm. the time that you were spending FIFO up in, in your diner, you could be working on that or, you know, it's a period of focus and no distraction and no admin and yes. um, yeah. great income and something to, to build. Definitely. Mm. Yeah, it's like a training camp. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Because you know, yeah. um, we spent time at the AIS and things and that's, you know, it's just a... In Canberra, it's just a very focused place. Yeah, you know where people, are, athletes, are very focused on what they're trying to achieve. Yep. You know the Olympics is in four years, and that's just you know what they have on their mind a lot of the time, and they're yep. very focused towards that. Mm-hmm. So you can do that in the mining environment. Yeah. Ways, like, what do I want to achieve? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it creates that environment for you, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Now, in um, two thousand and fifteen, you boys um, founded Lifecycle. Um, so we'll dig. Uh, deeper into it afterwards like the, the transition though just for now do you want to tell us all about what life cycle is exactly yeah it definitely evolved mm-hmm. um it started off as a hydroponic idea <laughs> you know we thought we'd do sort of hydroponics in terms of growing leafy greens and mm-hmm. how to how will the future feed itself how mm-hmm. do we feed nine billion people sustainably was sort of the question yeah that we were throwing around in the crib room mm-hmm. <laughs> and, <laughs> and looking at you know we just know that you know uh, animal protein production is very unsustainable. A lot of deforestation, a lot of chemicals used, um, a lot of resources used mm-hmm. to grow the food for the animals. And so, you know, it's just understanding we need to lower that intake. Yep. You know, it doesn't mean we need to re- completely remove it mm-hmm. from the food pyramid or from our diet, but we need to drastically decrease it. Yeah. For something that's healthy and delicious, we don't want to sacrifice taste um, or health. So we're just sort of looking around at different options, and yep. you know, leafy greens was not going to work out for. The average miner or male, you know, wanting to yeah. substitute meat, but mushrooms ticked a lot of boxes. Right. So we started there, we started growing mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, there was like all these videos coming out at the time three years ago. I distinctly remember like David Wolf posting all about and Pete Evans and like like really challenging the food systems yep. and saying like, what do we need as, as a population to thrive? Mm. And it was definitely away from what we were currently consuming in the way we were accessing food. Mm-hmm. And Jules and I, I remember having conversations about like retirement homes where we could get elderly growing food and having meaningful participation in, in the community yeah, sure. and then creating business models off that. Mm. And it just stemmed into all these kind of different things, and we were throwing our our energies into all different kinds of stuff mm. until mushrooms was number one grown off coffee waste. So it was supported by the Fremantle Council mm-hmm. um, to be turning a waste product into food. Yep. Um, it was only took two weeks to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, you could grow them on your kitchen bench. You just needed to spray water with no experience, no labour. Yeah. Um, and we're like, yeah, this is where we're starting mm. until we get our aquaponics ideas off the ground or whatever. Yeah. And we never looked back because mushrooms offered so much more the further we looked into it. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. And so today, what's um, life cycle what products and services you guys offer now? We've gone into, say, traditional farming okay. into biotechnology, which just means a bit of science mm-hmm. uh, sprinkled into the farming, I guess. We have laboratories now and we have a few scientists that work with us. Yeah. Very quickly, we learned that... Uh, you know, we needed some expertise in that space um, because we're growing off coffee ground. Yep. It's becomes contaminated quite quickly. We wanted to use all natural processes, so no nasties or chemicals. And so to do that, there was just a bit of science involved to how we would 
know, make that work at sure. scale. Okay. You know, how do you, it's okay to grow 10 kilos, but how do you grow 100 or 200 or 300 uh, consistently? Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, then we've used those mushrooms to produce other products, such mm. as the, the extracts we have here. So you've got some samples. Got some mm. samples yeah. to try out. So, right. so these are, uh, you know, lion's mane liquid extract, mm -hmm. or there's a range of liquid extracts here, but... Uh, you know, it starts off as a mushroom, and we yeah. uh, use extraction processes producing a liquid that uh, you know these different mushrooms have have different benefits. Right. Mm. And so these are a concentrate, basically. They're a concentrate. They're yeah. known as a, a medicinal mushroom or a functional mushroom, is their general term on Google and what people use. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we see them as functional mushrooms that can just fit into everyday life. Mm -hmm. um, you, know, you just essentially put them into your into your water or your coffee or your tea. Yeah. And uh, just a very simple way to consume these mushrooms. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and get those those health benefits. Right, so what's, what's so that's, uh, lion's mane? That's lion's mane. So lion's very popular for acting on the nervous system and the brain. So it's known mm -hmm. as a smart mushroom mm -hmm. in the sense that memory focus concentration. Mm -hmm. you, know, you get a nice uplift, gentle uplift in energy. Mm -hmm. Not as much as coffee where you're sort of a bit fuzzy and a bit wide and a bit excited but yeah. not focused. Right. Sort of an uplift of energy with focus. Right. Yeah. Okay, so now that's... Like, so what do you usually just have, like, a squirt of it? That was, and then, so it fills automatically to one mil, mm -hmm. and that's one serve, and you can have Should one serve. Should I put serve. more water in that? Is that just, just down? You can have it by itself as well, it's fine, yeah. It it's it's still still fairly, enough, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it'll have a subtle taste to it in that. But no, it's sort of just, yeah, slightly yeah. taste. But if you have it in a normal glass of water or coffee or tea, that's what's very popular at the moment is mushroom coffee where you're adding these extracts. Oh, yeah. For an upgrade. Right. And so I guess, you know, coming from health and wellness, it was around how do you, you know, increase your health or your well-being on a daily basis and mm -hmm. that disconnection from food is what we saw and, and mushrooms just have amazing benefits. Yeah, sure. And, and so what sort of, I suppose, supplements and stuff like that? So that one is for that uplift of energy. Mm. What, is this cover like all areas of health and stuff? Or? Yeah. I mean, Chinese and Japanese cultures have been using medicinal mushrooms for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Um for many different reasons mm. um, and we don't talk about the particular health benefits of any of the mushrooms specifically okay. um, because they're they're a product from nature mm. and, they, and they offer such a vast range of benefits we believe yeah. and we encourage people to research and find out themselves what uh, different mushrooms can assist them yep. to do sure. um, but we are very um, proud to be the only Australian grower of medicinal mushrooms right. um, and to provide a double extract, which is the ethanol and hot water extraction process we use here in Byron Bay to yep. produce these products, mm -hmm. um, that we have profound um, amount of anecdotes and good news stories of people that have, have got um, phenomenal results from using the products. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Yeah, we'd like to um, not essentially prescribe in such a sense of why it could be good for, for you because why it's good for you may be different to why it's good for Julian. Gotcha, yeah. Um, but it's important to be um, consuming things that are from nature, mm. most of all, and then to look into nature for for um, improvements in health as opposed to pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Mm. Um, so they're known as adaptogens, just as a, as a key word if you hear that word or if you're going to use like that buzzword adaptogens. Mm -hmm. So what Ryan means is you you'll get a different benefit to me gotcha whereas we like to hear oh this works on your liver mm. and we just like simple answers yeah right but this is where you, we hear different things from different customers which is nice okay you know yeah. um, um i mean your, your first question was all about you know where is lifestyle for today and, mm. and where 
it's quite amazing where we said, okay, we're going to grow mushrooms from coffee waste and sell them to local restaurants. And we're also going to provide a product that people can grow their own mushrooms at home. Yeah. And that would inspire them to become more involved with um, food production and, and nature. Mm-hmm. That is probably one-tenth of our business today because what when we look at the mushroom, we look at their uses in a spectrum of different things to providing health benefits for animals. Mm-hmm to cleaning up textile waste from landfill. Mm-hmm. Um, to yeah. in the, the kingdom for fungi, so uh, you know, it outnumbers plants in mm-hmm. terms of how many there are, eight to one. Wow. So there's so many out there that we just don't know what they could do for us. Yes. The different keys unlock different doors. Definitely. And you mentioned before um, something about uh, some testing. So we do some, you do testing on like new mushrooms? Or is it uh, um, we've had testing done with um, the results for the animals that we've um, been able to provide with mushroom substances to increase their longevity. And it's just looking at natural solutions. Yeah. You know, I guess that's where we sort of come from. It's um, doing things naturally you know, yeah. rather than short-term wins with, with things we don't know a lot about mm. in terms of chemical alterations. Nature has the answers. Yep. Um, we just got to work with it, not against it. Sure. Um, and I noticed on your website, I saw something, a link about a little... Um, some education programs you did with like, children, or was it school? Yeah, we've been into. doing fundraisers. We've been um, trying to, I guess, make the caramello koala extinct. Yeah, so right. replace the caramello chocolate koala as much as we love it. Yeah. Um, for mushroom boxes. Nice. That's so cool. the kids are growing mushrooms, seeing that grow in front of them, connecting to food. Yeah. Connecting to recycling and um, and being a part of that. So, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Mushroom boxes are like a shoebox size kit that you can grow on your kitchen bench, right. spray with water twice a day and they, they grow out. Right. And then the children, do they sell them for fundraisers, the mushrooms? They sell the uh, kits. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. At least they could, like, oh, actually when I went to school, I had, um, it was a chocolate drive, we had to oh, sell them and mum ended up having to put all the money in the um, in the bag because I had all the chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're all guilty of that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, and so you had some other samples there of other stuff? You yeah, used? I mean, that's an example of... Um, that's mushroom honey. So, right. I mean, we're able to feed the bee population with medicinal mushrooms. Yep. Increases their longevity. Yeah. Um, you know, fights off, you know, diseases that they're currently facing yep. and create a beautiful premium honey that we can then bottle up and sell. So pe- by purchasing mushroom honey, you're, mm-hmm. you're provi- providing support for the bee population. Mm-hmm. goes back into supporting... Um, Substances that we can feed bees and wow. support them. So what we're yeah. finding, you know, it was very much news to us was that you know, these bees were suffering from you know, overuse of pesticides, uh, disease, and monoculture cropping. So mm. mon- yep. all these things were contributing to bee health, mm-hmm. and bees, you know, help produce so much of our food in terms of pollination. Yep. So coffee bean, cotton, you know, eggplant, a lot of different berries, the almond industry—they all rely on the bees. Sure. And so, therefore, you know, I guess if we have a low population of bees and diseased bees, then our food uh, security is in danger. Mm-hmm. And so, the yeah, understanding that you can use some specific mushrooms, just like mm-hmm. different keys, different doors, yep. to feed to the bees, um, then you can help improve their longevity. And we did a trial in Canada, mm-hmm. in Quebec, in a laboratory there to show that our extract, um, a specific one we have for the bees, improves it by, it last found by 8.22%. Whoa. So bees only live between 35 and 45 days. Okay. Because you can increase that and you can increase pollination, you yep. can increase productivity. Mm. Nice. 
It's interesting. So you guys have just dived into this world. And <laughs> yeah. just keeps opening new doors. It, yeah, we try not to confuse it as well. I'm yeah. like kind of tentative, like, what do I say? Because it's just been very confusing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like sure. mushrooms yeah. provide answers to many, if not everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. So I was gonna, one of my next questions was going to be, um, how is this, this born? But I think you sort of covered um, life cycle, how it was born. But let's talk about the um, transition of... Um, when I suppose you first came up with the idea and then when you jumped over to like running the business, like everything and everything in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, the idea came to us in 2015 mm-hmm. um, and then we did the pitch event like Brian mentioned in Fremantle and you know, won some money there and obviously working in FIFO and you know, being focused on wanting to start a business, we, we had some money behind us mm-hmm. um, of our personal funds and then we just started, I guess, but um, you know, we got some early traction. Mm-hmm. And the business really started to take off, and so you know, we needed more than six days off to run the business. Yeah, so the right. business was sort of pushing its way into our workday. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, because we, we ran the business for one year while we were still fire following. Right. So it didn't, you know, any time we weren't uh, at the mine, mm-hmm. we were working on life cycle. Sure, and you guys were back to back. So did that help? We started off back to back eight and six, and then halfway through that period, we went to five two four three. Okay. Um. So that. We had just had our weekends and every second Friday. Yeah, so is that five on two or four on three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and that um, that was more challenging, yeah. but we had more time in the evenings, and it just really got to the point where we just had to just take the risk and go. All right, we're out. Like you know, we're putting all of our time and energy into this. Yeah. Um, and trusted in it, mm, um, and, sure. and made it work because the best the best way to make plan A work is not to have a plan B. Yeah. Um. And, um, but I have a smart planner. <laughs> <laughs> but even then, you still got to jump. Yeah, you know, exactly. And we, you know, you never people, you never going to jump from the same salary. Yeah. You know. Exactly. There's always yeah. you, can, you know because businesses take time. It's like a young born baby, you've got to give it everything and yep. give it the resources. So it wasn't like a straight swap. Yeah. You know, it's like sure. okay, we've got to go back to go forward. Yeah. You know, which we weren't focused on the money. Yeah. We're focusing on just building something great that we're yeah. passionate about. Nice. Yeah, that's such an important um, point, I think, to raise that, like, chances of going from, like, a FIFO wage straight into a business that's, mm. like, comparable is pretty slim. Like, yeah, you've got to take that step back, haven't you? Yeah. 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 Ryan um, led the way and jumped jumped out of the business first. So, <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was, that was good because you sort of, you know, it's a very uncharted territory. Yeah, yeah. And Definitely. a lot of decision making on that one, but yeah. you just you just know when it's time you have to. Sure. And what was the biggest challenge taking the step? I, I really feel like there was no doubt. Mm-hmm. Like at the time, there was there was no there was no fear. Right. So there was no challenge in making that decision because if there was, I wouldn't have done it, or we wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Because I think. So it was very clear for you. Yeah, we weren't yeah. leaving any room for failure. I yeah. Think. Mm-hmm. And what about was there any unforeseen? roadblocks that got in the way after you'd made the decision or any things you just didn't expect or oh there's a roadblock every day <laughs> yeah you know if yeah. not 20 yeah. <laughs> um but that's we're in the full-time job of problem solving yep like we have a team of roughly 12 to 15 staff now mm-hmm. um, we have a board we have investors we have you know management team we have reporting we have all these things and, and we can't predict what's going to happen today or tomorrow and We've just got to be on the front foot for looking for solutions the whole way through and sure. whilst the business grows and whilst we're um, creating new solutions and um, commercialising them and growing abroad, like Julian will be in the US next month. And I mean, yeah, there's, 
there's challenges. It's a matter of accepting there's challenges, yeah. but they're um, but they're not going to stop us. Mm-hmm. So, what advice would you guys have for um, maybe some other guys or girls working in FIFO that are considering taking that like a step out of it, maybe into business or a new occupation? Yeah. I mean, we did sit on it for we 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 did cultivate it for a year, right? As well, mm-hmm. so we didn't just like jump straight out. Yes, um, which was important as well. Yep. You know, to do as much groundwork as you can, mm-hmm. um, but then know that at some point you're gonna you're gonna jump or you're mm-hmm. gonna you know um, go out into that world. Yeah, um, I mean, you have to have product market fit, and you've got to have like Jules saying, like, yes, twelve months in the making. So it's not like I want to start a business. I'm leaving mining tomorrow. Yeah. It was like I want to start a business. I'll run a business for twelve months whilst I'm mining. Sure. I'll get so many customers that I have confidence that this product is in demand. Yeah. I'll get enough funding in the bank to back us up for the next six months. Mm. Buy stock. Yeah. Um. Have the support of media. Have the, have an accountant. Have been able to run a business needs to it needs to be established. It needs to be running. You know. Yeah. Um, not just an idea it was far from an idea by the time we left yeah well, we'd already had a couple of business learnings like mm-hmm. a couple of little things that we started you know so there was a little bit of learning there as well okay which helps yeah and did it help um, massively having a business partner and like someone you just know and trust I suppose I think it's very important yeah, yeah. that trust part because then you know you just know that they're out working and you're working and you're, you're in it together mm-hmm. and you can have bad days. Sure. And you've got someone to talk to yep. or you can celebrate the wins as well. Mm. But we've got friends who are in businesses by themselves and it seems pretty lonely. Yeah, gotcha. Yep. Not that it can't be done, but I think that's a lot tougher. Definitely. And those days of doubt, the other person's there just like pull you through. Yeah. And, and there's so much celebration. I mean, it's important, so vital to celebrate the wins. Yeah, because sure. it's, because we are faced with so many challenges and things to do, there's never a many amount of things to do. Mm-hmm. But because Jules and I were both experiencing the same challenges, yeah. the rewards were so much larger, and we both felt the same experience. I mean, we could call our parents and say, "Tell us, tell us the win, tell them the wins they had," and it wouldn't be nowhere near as exciting as yeah. the way that we could share that together. Experience yeah. together. Yeah. yeah, you're in the trenches together. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> sure. And what about like you got so you guys working together and running a business together, was that like testing on the friendship? We were definitely chatting every day. Yep. It was good mm-hmm. though. Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't chat as much now because we're just like, the business is big. Yeah. So we're just like in our own domains in our way, you know. Right, um, right. Still great, but um, I'll let Ryan speak on behalf of the friendship, but I was, I was pretty happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like we were still playing tennis after work, right. running a business as well, but I mean, I think that's been the cornerstone of the success we've had is that we've been able to be aware of balance and the importance of it. Mm. Um, because what's the point of doing it if yeah, you know sure. you're not enjoying it? Yeah. And I really feel like it's not work. You know, like it's really rewarding to have team meetings and like see the way our staff are engaged with the mission and they're creating new opportunities for the people and and the environment and the world. Yeah. Um, because they believe in what we're doing and we believe in what they're doing and we're sharing that together. Yeah. So. I mean, it was Easter long weekend, just gone, and like, I had a lot of time to um, relax because the phone's not ringing as much. Right. But I was also really empowered to be creating some new strategies and like, you know, doing some work. Yep. What you'd be class as work, yep. but it's fun. Yeah. Like you know, yeah. it's empowering. Yeah. It's awesome. I'll also mention that I have seen other business partners have clashes as well. Uh-huh. Like, and it's been a rare thing where Jules and I have been able to kind of keep our egos aside. I mean, we have disagreements regularly, yep. but it's healthy because we have different perspectives and then we can come together and then decide on what the right decision is. Mm, um, sure. And uh, 
I have never really seen it work so well. I mean, I'm living it, but I feel like it's been a great benefit or a rare thing that we've been able to um, stay respectful of each other and not let anything get in between our friendships or business. Yep. Yeah, leaving ego at the door, you know, not taking it personally. Yep. You know, because, yes, we're friends, but you shouldn't agree on everything. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, there's no creativity yeah. or problem solving because mm. you're looking at things exactly the same. Yeah. Um, so, it's, you know, that's just being honest with yourself and being like, okay, yeah, that, his idea is better and that's the right one. Let's yeah. go with that. Yeah. And it's not like I'm holding on to that because it's my ego. Yeah, sure. That's important. It's taking objective views whenever you can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not personal. Yeah. We just want the best for the business. Yeah. yeah. And did, were you guys friends for quite a while before this? Two years, one yeah. or two years. Oh, we were right. playing footy together in WA. Okay. Yeah. And um, I was I grew up in Melbourne, but came over to WA. Mm-hmm. And Jules was living with my good mate, yep. and we'd like met a few times. Mm-hmm. We had a good solid year playing footy, and then we started working together. Right. Yeah. And so, do you find, or would you agree that you both had a pretty similar mindset with different and with opinions and, and stuff like that? In business or oh, uh, just in general? I um, saw the world very similar. Yep. You know, people need to connect to growing food, mm. connect to nature remove the nonsense from their life yeah, sure. um, that is you know, coming from outside and yep. not what they really want. Mm-hmm. So we had those foundational values that were the same. Yep. The details are always a bit mm. different, but that's, you know, yeah, cool. different. I think we were both always seeking truth as well. Yep. We were like, what's the truth behind this? Like, why are we really, why are we really eating wheat bix for breakfast? Yeah, right. You know, that kind of thing. It's like, yeah, sure. is that what we should be doing? Is that what nature intended? Yep. And we were always curious. Mm. So then that we shared that passion mm. and that kind of, when we when we learn new things, we share each other and then kind of start yeah. a business. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, because yeah, that seems like a short time, like two years, and you must have really sort of clicked really like, pretty quickly. Huh? Yeah. yeah, I mean, the the friendship and the connection to each other developed so much stronger after we started the business, of course. Um, it's a good point because it's not like oh, I can't start a business until I find someone that you know I've been with for five years. Yeah, and sometimes it just works. Yep. The key to all of it is just doing it. Mm. Just just swinging the bat. Yeah. The worst thing is not swinging the bat. Sure, and just sure. thinking, oh, I shouldn't because of this. Yeah, mm. and sitting and waiting for mm. the perfect time. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I mean, a lot of people will say, oh, I spent all this money on a business and then it failed. Mm. So, well, you spent a lot of money that you could have spent on a university degree and learnt a lot more just running a business. Yeah. Yeah, and you come out with all the lessons and skills and experience that you've, you've accrued through that time. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And so, so any of our listeners, if they are interested, could they jump on what on your website, LifeCycle? Yeah, we've sure. got a link on our LifeCycle website. So there's an opportunity for any of our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But um, so a bit off topic, but um, knowing what you know now um, from your experience in life, um, let's say you were to give some advice to a 17 year old Julian or Ryan, what about just about life in general? What would that um, advice mm-hmm. be? Yeah, well, you're ready to go. For everything. Yeah, fire here. I would, um, I mean, this day and age, if yeah. I was 17, I wouldn't go to university. Mm-hmm. I did go to university in my time, <clears throat> and I felt like it was important then. Yep. But I feel like the learning opportunities that are available through the internet mm-hmm. and everything now um, means that you can go out there and learn anything and do anything you want. Yeah. There's endless. So looking back then, I would tell myself, mm-hmm. Uh, observe and listen to nature and learn what you want and go out there and do it Um, as opposed to spending four years extra in a classroom 
and then going out and trying some stuff and getting a feel for what what might work in life. Sure. Because it wasn't really, I didn't know my purpose in life until I was running Life Cycle with Jules. Right. Um, and I felt like it could have come a lot earlier in my life, mm-hmm. and I would have been 10 years in front. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, I think, you know, the school system a little bit, uh, people come out of the school system being high school thinking, oh, I failed. Yep. But it's never that, it's that the school system is failing people and students mm. because it's not tuning into their passions or not allowing them to express their passions. <laughs> yeah, sure. And that's fine if you don't know what your passion is. Mm-hmm. It will come to you because it's like, it's like this feeling, you yeah. know, it just clicks. Yep. And it's just the most amazing feeling. And mm. so I think for Rama, that's happened. You know, so we can talk in hindsight that we were lucky enough to find our passion and doing that now and living that every day. But the key is to not give up on that either. Mm -hmm. Like not just, I guess, say, okay, well, you know, I've done this degree or I've not done this degree or I didn't do well at school. So um, I guess it's just to keep listening to what you want to do and just go for that. And when you know what that is Mm -hmm. in any direction, Mm -hmm. whether it's being the best real estate agent or being the best in this profession or just find mentors in that space. Yep. And like Ryan said, you know, four years at uni. I mean, I did uni, it was good, but I'm not using any of it now. Yeah. You right. know, and I spent a lot of money on it, mm. but at the same time, it taught me how to learn. Yeah, okay. So that's good. That's really important. That's, um, yeah. You know, just learning how to learn is important. Yeah. Um, but you can do that without university these days. You yeah. Know, you can do that through YouTube, through Google, and through specifically mentors as well. So mm. I think if, you know, I was saying to my 17 year old self, it's just spend time by yourself figuring out what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And then go and find people who inspire you yep. and have a coffee with them or go speak to them and seek them out mm-hmm. and ask them for advice and guidance yep. and go down that path and don't get distracted by other people's views on what you should be doing. Yeah, sure. That, and it's even from loved ones. Yep. You know, loved ones uh, will say, oh, you, know, you should be an accountant or you should be this, cause it, but it's not what you were here to do. Mm. I think Ryan and I are both lucky that our parents were just unconditionally loving and got out of the way. Yeah, they were supportive, yeah. yeah. They just let us do what, and you know, two guys from a health background going out and starting a mushroom business sounds crazy. Yeah. Three and a half years ago. Sure. And then yeah. everyone's like, oh, great idea. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Three and a half years ago, we copped it. Sure, we really? were copying it from friends. What right. do you know about mushrooms? Why are you growing mushrooms? But, you know, we just sort of knew there was something there and it was good. So it's yeah. also, it's definitely silencing the, the voices outside mm. and listening inside to what you want to do. Yep. And just mm. following that. Yeah. That's all that matters. Yeah, sure, for sure. <laughs> I, just, I think you're right there because there's so many outside forces telling us what we should be, mm-hmm. what we should look like, yeah. what we should say, how we should act, blah, blah, blah. And with all the modern day technology, creating robotic type um, AI mm-hmm. and replacing humans for doing jobs, the most vital two things that we can um, offer, I believe, is creativity and curiosity. Right. Because there's the human traits. Yeah, of course. And the human traits are the ones that we need to like hang on to and like really let flourish. Definitely, yeah. Um, because, you know, if we're focusing on calculating numbers, there's yeah. a machine that can do that. Exactly, you know? yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that's that's key. So I think discretion also is really important. Like, because people are starting like to, there's, there's so much, we're so connected to our phones now that um, we're getting to a point where we trust our phones more than our yeah. Our, you know, own intuition in certain yeah. um, situations, which you see like on a regular basis, yeah. And it's distracting our intuition because we're just not spending any tech-free time mm. in isolation thinking. Yep. You know, just going for a walk in the forest or on the beach or mm. 
just so much clarity comes when you do that. Yeah, sure, definitely. Um, just going back to what you said before, Ryan, um, you were saying how you probably wouldn't have gone to university. Would it be also be fair to say that um, you're still like you don't regret any choices you made because they've sort of taken you to where you are now? Absolutely, because yeah. when I did go to university like ten years ago, mm-hmm. the learning opportunities weren't what they are now. Gotcha. Sorry, I'm definitely yeah. talking on, on today. Yeah. Sense of today, but I'm also talking in the sense of me. Yep. Because if I wanted to um, be a physiotherapist in this day and age, mm-hmm. I would need to go to university. And I would because sure. you need to learn particular skills. Yeah. But if I wanted to be a business owner or an entrepreneur in this day and age, I would go out there and do it. Gotcha. Yeah. And also going back to when we're talking about some of the challenges um, you faced when you first stepped out of Fifo into your business, um, now that I've heard what you said about uh, outside influence, would you say that that was probably one of the biggest um, challenges, like uh, people sort of bagging you out, putting shit on you, or trying to put doubt in your mind in a sense, not directly, but... Yeah, it's. um, I think that's personality traits that Jules and I both... Um, have that we never we really listen to people. Yeah, because, <laughs> because if that's what they were saying, that's yeah. even more motivation to do it. Yeah, sure. In, in some sense. Yeah. Like, um, you've got to listen to who's saying it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, other people that you look up to and just are genuinely happy. Yep. Or are they saying it from a place of themselves maybe not being so happy? Yeah. You know, and then being, you know, you can't do it because I didn't get to follow my dreams in a way. And, yeah, right. You know, but everyone should just go on that path of going and following that passion. Yep. And I think you see that people just, you know, that, that flame dwindles because mm. other things get in the way and yep. that ecosystem of support is not around them. Mm. And so that's where I think it's very important to cultivate your friends and people you hang out with that become very supportive yeah. and want it as much as you. Yep. Mm. I think we got very good at asking the question why. Like, hey, Jules, come drink beers at the pub on Sunday. Yeah. You'd be like, why? Yeah. Like, what am I going to get out of that as opposed to, like, building my website? Mm. Like, what am I, what is the whole intention behind it? Yeah, gotcha. Um, Or, like, you know, um, go to uni and be an accountant. Like, why? Or, like, what? Yeah. Do this. Why? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, just playing out that chess game. Where does that get me? Sure, sure. (laughs) And where do I want to get to? And is it aligned? Um. But, you know, it's also you just got to have fun as well. It's not mm. like just all mm. business, business. But, um, yeah, just uh, just listening to that is important. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I think when you're 17, it's hard because you've got, you don't know what you want. Yeah. And you're told, what do you want to do? Yeah. You know, that's the first thing you're told. I don't yeah. know who I am. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like, awesome. you know, probably be just you have as many experiences as possible. Definitely. Travel, mm. different friendship groups from different circles, different ages. Um, just get out of your comfort zone. You know, I grew up in Harvey, I left there. Ryan grew up in Melbourne, left there. So it's good mm. to jump out of that comfort zone. Yep. Gives you, allows you to learn who you are. Mm, definitely. Mm. Right. Um, so one last question. Um, so a habit or a belief which has had the most significant um, impact on your life, a new, sorry, a new habit or belief um, in, say, in the last five years that's had the most significant impact mm. on your life? This is going to be... Very barren, but to say, yeah, go on, to go say meditation. Yeah. <laughs> but meditation is that silence yep. time. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it allows just gives you clarity. Yeah, and, sure. Um, and it's just I guess washes away the stress. Yeah. When there's so much and everyone's got stress today. Mm. Whether you're a stay at home mom or a minor or, you know, a lawyer or whatever role you play, you have stress in mm. your life. You know, because there's so many tasks to do on a checklist every day. So it's like just how do you quiet that, silence that 
and slow it all down and um, yeah, just uh, I guess find a place of of good well being. Yep. Um, and meditation has definitely helped with that. I'm not ex- an expert. I'm mm-hmm. a long way off being a Buddhist monk. Mm. But um, just doing it for 10, 20 minutes. Just the practice each day. Just doing it each day as a habit. Yeah. Early morning. Sure. Um, it's definitely been an advantage. Yeah, and it's, it's a big movement at the moment, and I think mm. it's becoming a lot more accepted um, in like all different areas. Like myself, I practice it, and I've got a lot of friends, even really masculine friends that used probably would have one day in the past like put a lot of shit on someone for doing it. Now mm. they're giving it a go and, and seeing like massive benefits from it. Eh? Mm. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, like a habit. Um, is really um, becoming aware. Mm-hmm. I think like, awareness is, is, a, is a new habit. Right. And that, that becomes like knowing the details on in every aspect of what is happening in the world, mm-hmm. or what is happening in my world, what's happening in the world, yep. what's happening in the community. Um, because I think in the fast shift with technology, it brings a whole new scope of ways of lifestyle changes that affect our health, our well-being, our friendships, our connections, our nutrition, the air we breathe, like just everything. Yeah. So I think with this fast um, pace of change in, in lifestyle, I think we should be aware. So I spend time in the evenings just reading or like watching videos about people's opinions and hearing different people's opinions about what's happening in the world. Yeah. Um, you know, with like 5G rollout, for example, with all kinds of, um, you know, scarce um, mindsets around radiation like just becoming aware of what's happening in our world and questioning why yeah. and um, not just accepting things for what they are yeah. um, so that's become an important habit for me and like mm. a belief is that intuitively I think we all know the answer mm. from our intuition um, for any question we may have mm-hmm. and that's like a uh, connection to being out of our mind headspace or believing programs mm looking within and saying how do I feel and like what I, what are the right decisions for me yeah yeah it's yeah. good response from both of us yeah that's good mm-hmm. um I've just got one more question even though I said that was the last one uh do you have a book like a favorite book that you could recommend to anyone or if you were I suppose to give a book as a gift what would that book be yeah um I've got one called meditations okay from Marcus Aurelius so Marcus Aurelius and in gladiator and portrayed as a a warrior, but um, and it was a you know, Roman emperor, and but you know he was a, a stoic, which means you know that's a certain type of philosophy, mm-hmm. and it just gives you a lot of perspective in terms of uh, you know, I guess he saw a lot of people pass away and saw that front on, and so mm-hmm. just perspective around what's important, right. um, you know, ego death, yeah. understanding that we're all going to pass away at some point, mm-hmm. um, so we're you know, we're not that important in some respect, yeah. You know? And then just the understanding of impermanence as well, which is really around the idea that things come and they go. Mm. And so not having too much attachment on things because that can, that can just, you know, we can be our worst enemy. Yeah, for sure. So, so that book was, um, you know, it's just short, short sentences and you right. only need to read a couple of sentences a day and that's okay. enough just to go, okay, it really sort of uh, reaffirms uh, you know, a philosophy that, you know, I guess enables perspective mm. and, and no attachment to the things that don't matter and mm. um, just humbles you. Yeah, right. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah. And it's quite an easy read then. Very easy yeah. in the sense that uh, you can just read a couple of lines. It's not so much a story. It's just a, you know, excerpts of his thoughts while he was on a campaign around mm. the world in war, seeing people die, seeing all these things firsthand. Yeah, wow. 
seems good. There's a lot of good YouTube um, clips on people that talk about that book. You know, throughout throughout all self development kind yeah. of topics, stoicism is popular and yeah, sure. and like you read most people have read that book and like mm-hmm. spoken about the philosophy is pretty empowering. Yeah. Um, the book for me, um, I haven't read many books to be honest. I right. do a lot of like um, YouTubing or like taking excerpts and stuff. But I read a book called The Code of the Extraordinary Mind okay. um, by Vishen Lakhiani um, about two years ago, and that's when I started getting into meditation as well. Yeah. And it was just all about um, identifying beliefs and programs that are in us mm-hmm. that affect our emotions in every single day and what we, how we act. And some of those beliefs are not serving us yeah, sure. and working detrimentally. Yeah. Um, so it was all about just the way the, the mind can be so extraordinary if you can untap the way it's been built mm. and kind of unbuild it, yeah. strip away all the programs and all the things that are not serving it. Yeah. Like stories that we create in our head about something instead of focusing on the facts yeah yeah or like mm. just emotional reactions you had to things in your life when you were a child yep. that you attached to something that was inaccurate mm. um sure. you know like mum might have said oh like um she looked at you angrily and said something and yep. it made you as a young child believe she didn't love you or something yeah. but it was completely out of context and that stays with you for many years yeah yeah the stories we tell ourselves yeah yeah yeah, really important. yeah definitely. sure oh that um that covers everything um, it's been really good having you guys on the show. It's been a great chat. Um, just before we finish up, is there anything else that you guys would like to share? Maybe any tips or advice for um, FIFO workers or their families? I mean, it sounds like um, I love your intention of the podcast, and it sounds like there's going to be a host of different resources through this podcast where people share their anecdotes and you have links to it um, for people to live life in FIFO um, and, and flourish. So thanks to you for doing that thanks for having us on and I think um, yeah that the listeners will over the years gain heaps of experience and knowledge from you oh, cheers thanks yeah. Yeah. thanks alright um, yeah just to finish up so uh, you can find us um, on as I said before Spotify iTunes if you're listening Facebook YouTube if you're watching or on Instagram don't forget to hit uh, subscribe on YouTube and for you guys, where can our listeners find you? Instagram, Facebook, uh, and our website. Yeah, so we have lifecycle.com, L-I-F-E-C-Y-K-E-L.com. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure who came up with that name, but it's, it's been uh, three and a half years of people <laughs> not being able to spell it too much, But that's okay. It comes up whenever you put in. But. Now, you were also saying that you're on some other podcasds. Um, do you dig, dig deeper into... Um, life cycle and mushrooms and stuff in this. Yeah, things. everyone's sort of a bit different. This has yep. been great to talk fire. So it's mm-hmm. really brought up um, our previous lives there and yep. and things. And we thought, you know, we've sort of come out the other side pretty happy. Yeah. So we just hope you know, a lot of others can do the same. Yeah, sure. Um, what What are some of the podcasts you're on? Uh, Plant Proof. Yep. Uh, Mark Boris um, podcast, the Uncommon podcast. Um, an Amrit's one, what was Amrit's one? Uh, Inspired Evolution. Inspired Evolution, okay. Uncommon, so yeah, it was a mix and match.